everyone. Welcome back to the DCU Soccer Podcast. Um, I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Sarah. Do you want to introduce yourself again? Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show again. This is Sarah Kalassi, the editor-in-chief over at MLS Female and your DC United beat reporter. How's everybody doing? Yeah, uh, you're back on the show. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done one. I've been kind of busy with a, a couple of different things, but yeah, do you also want to uh, maybe, you know, talk a little bit about some of the articles you've written recently? Um, maybe some, not, you know, too much detail if you can't, but some uh, some stuff about what you might be up to uh, later um, in the year? Yeah, absolutely. So, just been working on a lot of fresh features for everyone over at MLS Female. If you haven't been over to the site recently, definitely go check it out. We put a bunch of brand new articles up yesterday. They're ready, they're waiting for you. I've just been covering our matches as we've gotten down to our playoff push. And DC United has clinched a playoff spot, which is fantastic. <laughs> Are you excited, Ken? I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. And now we've got to aim for the home playoff game. I really, really want to see another uh, playoff game at Audi Field. I'm ready, and I'm going to knock on wood over here. So sorry for the noise, but we're going to hope that it doesn't end the same way it did last season. Yeah, totally. Were you at the Columbus game last year? I was. I was there actually in the stands last year. I was wearing my newborn son in his carrier and it was an incredible experience. The atmosphere was amazing. I'm sure you know that. And then it was absolutely devastating. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, right at the end there. There was like a, a super excitement when we we were able to equalize and then and then, yeah, the, the penalties. Um but yeah, I mean that 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 game was probably the loudest. I mean, definitely the loudest I've heard Audi Field. It was literally like shaking, and uh, everyone was, you know, really connected, and and it was it was really awesome. I really want to see that again. It was such a beautiful vibe from the fans, wasn't it? Just to see all the supporters up on their feet and feel that energy, I really have missed that, and I do kind of feel like we're getting back to it again. Definitely, our match on Sunday night had a little bit of that vibe coming back so I think it's gonna be good yeah I mean we've we've now won three in a row and I think we've also kept three clean sheets um so yes sir. I mean it, I think you know a lot of the vibes are are kind of correcting themselves and I think uh even some of the players talked about before that impact game that they kind of had a, a final clearing the air session and seems to be that they've you know changed their mentality and, and stuff like that and that's really what a lot of uh, like sports and life is. It's really having the right mentality to, to get stuff done. I can't agree more. And we have such a quality team. We have such talented players that it's wonderful to see them succeed. And that's what we want, right? We want to see them out there doing their best. And I feel as the mentality of the team has changed and the season has gone on, we've definitely seen particular players really blossom and come into their own. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Ken. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely, I think, uh, even from the outside, you can kind of tell that, like, a lot of the players have, have learned a lot, not necessarily just about, you know, stuff on the field, but maybe, like, uh, relationship building, leadership, stuff like that, and, and kind of how to deal with um, recovering from a pretty awful summer. 
Is this the Ameriqua effect? I don't know. The mental strength leave coming to play at Audi Field and at DC United? I mean, it totally could be. I mean, I, I know that, you know, every time he comes on, too, that uh, people kind of go wild on Twitter and, and in, in the stands a little bit. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we can bring him back around for another year, too. I know. DC United, if you're listening, you need to sign Quincy to the contract for 2020. I think we should just make that a hashtag, Quincy2020, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I'll tweet it. Why not? I mean, we got a side back, so why not? Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't think we've even talked about that yet on this podcast, but yeah, we're bringing Emil side back. There was some talk of him playing for Loudon, but that will not happen, unfortunately, because I really, really wanted to see Emil Assad against USL defenders. But yeah, he'll be back um, in uh, for next season. And I think he's back in Argentina right now getting his fitness up for uh, like for match fitness. But yeah, I think, uh, Ken, we have some jerseys to buy. Yeah, we definitely promised that we would buy some Emil Assad jerseys. So um, as soon as they have them, I'm going to. I cannot find any uh, ones from last season. Um that are not like $500 because they're signed. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm also wondering what his number will be because Griffin Yao started wearing the, the 22, and that's what Yamil Assad's number was. So I don't know if Assad claims that number back or if, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to be interesting for sure. I'm excited to see him back, though. He's such a bright and sunny presence and absolutely fierce on the pitch, so... Can't wait to have you back, Emil. I hope you're listening. I I I want I really wanted a, a Loudon Emil Assad jersey though, to be honest, because I think that would be super super cool and kind of one of those like weird rare things uh, to have. But you know, yeah, I mean, I, I really want Quincy to come back. I think it would be even cooler if he got playing time at Loudon, even if it's just for like a game or two for for kind of for kind of fun. I'm sure he'd beat up for it, but. Um, I, I would also like a, an Ameriqua Loudon jersey. <laughs> I would definitely agree with you. I would I would buy that. You can put me on record as saying that. So now you have a backlog of jerseys. And, I do. Uh, they just need to sell them, Ken. I'm ready. Yeah. The, a, a lot of the jerseys are actually, uh, for the current year, are 40, like 40% off. Did you notice that? I did not. Yeah. like I, I don't know if it's still happening, but for a long, long time, they were like selling them at deep discounts. So... I'm guessing that we might have a new home jersey next year, um, which might be kind of cool. I'm ready. Let's do that. I still want the uh, the pink away jersey. I think that would be the coolest. The like the I guess they call it like the cherry blossom, but um, that I was don't know. a beautiful design. I really wish they would have even brought that in for maybe a training top for the cherry blossom night at Audi Field. That would have been great. Yeah, I mean. Anything other than those awful camo ones, to be honest, that's sort of terrible. You know, the one I wasn't a really big fan of was the one for 4th of July. Oh, yeah, that one was worse. That yeah. reminded me of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like early 90s. I felt like we needed a windbreaker with that pattern on there. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even like bright or vibrant. It was like like dingy and like felt gray. But I don't know. It was like super non-saturated colors. It was not not fun to look at. No, it kind of actually just made me dizzy. And you couldn't really even see the team crest. You couldn't see anything on the jersey well. 
I I'm definitely pro making like crazy like out of the box like even like neon jerseys or something or training tops whatever because like I think that'd be super unique and I think they would sell a lot of those. This is why I always love goalkeeper kit. They always have the most fabulous fabulous jerseys. Yeah, and we have the best goalkeepers, so it's a perfect perfect match. Clearly, Bill Hamid who actually played incredibly well in the last couple games, um, but especially that Seattle game we just uh, we just completed. Oh my gosh, it was great to just see Bill make everything look so easy. I think I even put it up in my match tweets. It's like, well, another save for Bill, and he made it look like no sweat. Yeah, he's he's been kind of crushing it. I think um, the defense has been doing better uh, as well for him. Um, they, they had a couple chances that were pretty decent, but Bill Hamid, I mean, he, he kind of just, you know, handled them without really sweating too much, to be honest. But that's kind of his thing, and, and I think we would be a much different team if we didn't have him. He definitely brings that very steadfast, focused personality to the field. So, no, definitely agree with you there. What do you think of Russell Knaus in that new position? I mean, he's been killing it. I mean, our our back line has been looking a lot more solid defensively. Um, And he's someone who's been, even when he was playing in the the midfield, he's kind of able to get around and um, disrupt passes and everything like that. And he's been kind of crushing it there. I absolutely love seeing him play that position. It's really exciting. So, and it was definitely great to just really focus in and watch him during that Seattle match. He's not letting anyone get past. Yeah. He's, he's incredibly solid defensively. Um, and he has played that position before, so it's not, you know, totally new for him, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it kind of, it kind of seemed like what is Ben Olsen doing, but now it kind of looks like, you know, Olsen might be a, a, a genius in that regard. His instincts during the Seattle match were spot on. I know we always kind of go off about late substitutions or no substitutions, but I felt that every single sub he used had such an impact on the match, and it was just the timing was perfect. And he really was able to help preserve the guys for the upcoming match against the New Jersey Red Bulls. Sorry, New York Red Bulls. So <laughs> it was great to see. Yeah, totally. I, uh, I'm, I've kind of, you know, there's a lot of people talking about keeping Leo Hara and Acosta on the bench. Um, and I've been very vocal about saying that I'm very much for keeping um, Kanaus and also Ulysses Segura in the starting 11, to, to be quite honest, um, which gets, you know, mixed reactions. But I think if anything that this game proved is that Segura is like really really good and I think he's underrated um not only by our fans but like in the league um to be quite honest Segura is probably the most underrated player right now he was absolute fire in that match I just I couldn't believe the footwork and the maneuvering he was doing I was like is this even the same player that we saw last season because he's really he's one of those I mentioned earlier he's come into his own and he's fantastic. Yeah, totally. I mean, he he's been a part of lot a, a part of a lot of the the goals that we've scored this year and I mean, you know, you could argue, you know, Acosta has more talent or whatever this and that, but 
I think right now with the way we're playing that I think we have the right personnel on the field. I think we have the players who, who are working the hardest and um, kind of doing what, what they're, they've been told to do by the coaching staff. And I think that goes a long way because if you have someone on the field who's not playing in, you know, in the system or not doing potentially their part or you have to kind of, uh, you know, work around their deficiencies um, in terms of work rate or defensive ability or, or whatever, um, kind of hard to get those wins. Absolutely. And I mean, we call it the 11 for a reason. It takes 11 players to move that ball around the field and it takes 11 players to do the work and they have to work together. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like you also mentioned, the the subs that came in were were well-timed and did make an impact. And I think they were the right, you know, pretty much can't argue with, with any of them or anything like that. I mean, we gave Quincy Ameriqua a good 20 minutes to get in the heads of Seattle. We brought in Boateng. We brought, brought in Acosta just at that right time. We had fresh legs. We had huge talent. I mean... I can't say enough. I was so impressed and a little shocked, too, to see early subs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. That has definitely not been a, a hallmark of our our season. But, yeah, I mean, I thought getting Acosta in to keep him kind of bought in a little bit, um, potentially going into this hopefully long playoff run, and having him, a, a, you know, as bought in as you can um, might be something that, gives us long-term benefits and not necessarily in this game, but maybe thinking a little longer uh, ahead. So I thought that that was good. I, we saw Boateng come out uh, for a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I was also extremely impressed with Lucas Rodriguez again. I think oh he's gosh. definitely locked for next year, in my opinion, hopefully if we can, I know there's a lot of variables and stuff and, and deals and whatever, but I really, really enjoy watching him play. He's such a talent, and he he is so enjoyable to watch. Every single match, he goes out there with that passion and that fire and just the skill. He's one of those players. He has a charisma to his playing style. Yeah, I I don't know what his his fee would be, but at this point, I think it's going to be him coming back, and I don't think Leo Hara is going to be getting the call back considering his fee is uh, pretty high, and... He's not really being utilized anymore by uh, the coaching staff. Yeah, I, we can start a GoFundMe, I think, for for TT. I would do it. Yeah, I mean, if if we're if we uh, don't bring Acosta back, and and the front office seems to think that he is a replacement or or, or something like that, I think I think we're definitely going to see him come back. And I think he's also kind of similar to what you mentioned, but he's definitely grown a lot and kind of gotten used to the league, I think, um, during the season. And, and it's been really impressive. And TT definitely has the talent to pull it off. So I would love to see him stay. And I'm really hoping that during our playoff run, which, again, fingers crossed, knock on wood, is very long, that Acosta has the chance to really prove himself and showcase his ability as a top quality player so that he does get the kind of transfer he might want. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not too confident about that one, but um, I, I do have like a, I, I'm wondering if, you know, uh, Darby might be semi-interested 
um, and, you know, trying to bring him in and, and bringing back the Lucharu magic. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of not convinced that he's going to find a top level club that's going to really want to take, you know, too much of a look at him, to be honest, at this point, um, especially with, with the, some of the body language that we see on the field. Um, while not, maybe not uh, malicious or whatever, but it does not always come off as that good. And I think this is where sometimes it's difficult to be a person that's extremely passionate and wearing your heart on your sleeve, which I think is pretty much his case. You know, he has so many emotions and so many feelings, and he's so passionate about the game. And I think sometimes, like all of us, it gets the best of him. Yeah, totally. And I think it's been a positive like experiment to keep him out of the starting lineup for now, to be honest. And I mean, we've proven that we can score. I think, you know, if this this game and, and last game uh, against Portland, these are two pretty solid teams in the West. They're not, you know, like, uh, you know, they're not Cincinnati, for example. So these are these are solid teams that we're able to score against and uh and really, I mean, if you look at it, uh, the away game at Portland, we really did score two goals. One was, you know, incorrectly, I guess, not counted. But we really did score two goals, and we did it away. And I think that's a that's really big. Can we have a discussion about the goal line technology, the use of VAR? Because that is so frustrating. Yeah, that's it's quite bad. I mean... I didn't even realize that we didn't have goal line technology, to be honest. I guess I've never really thought about it either. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, even even in the camera angles that, that were presented, I think it's pretty obvious that it's in the goal. What's so upsetting about this is we all want MLS and soccer in the United States to advance and to get to the next level of professionalism on the world stage, right? And if we're not going to use existing technology to make our matches as accurate and fair as possible, how can we expect to compete? Yeah, totally. I mean, this is, I mean, this is pretty basic stuff for for a while now. You know, and and even if we didn't have the goal line technology, like we have VAR, like this is. This is, seems like one of the things that it's supposed to be used for and not some other stuff that it's being used for, to be honest. Like, this is a very, like, I think a great example of what, like, what would have been a good use of VAR. Absolutely. No, and we should have used it. And I think, too, it would have definitely helped DC United. I mean, you win that match two up, and at least one of them is your own goal, not scored by the other team you feel better about it you have some more confidence it boosts morale it's just it's better and it actually in the stats is going to showcase the quality of the team yeah and I think it's also concerning because we are um potentially I mean at, at this point not maybe not necessarily but um the uh, Toronto FC is pretty close to us um and if we end up tying them uh, it would come down to goal differential. I mean, even the Red Bulls at this point, honestly, like that extra goal could could be the difference between a home match and, and, an, away, and an away match for our playoff game. And that's a difference potentially of an MLS Cup or not. And and that's very, very frustrating. So it, it's even beyond the the fact that, oh, we might we didn't win that game by two. We went up by one. It's it's also like this. This could have a, a, a real impact on the 
the season on on our club and like it's it's not cool absolutely and this goes back to as well the decisions sometimes made by pro pro referees where they come back after the fact and say oops we're sorry we made a mistake but there are things that affect standings things that affect the entire season so we have to do better we don't have a choice yeah i mean i don't know how many times they've had to apologize to us but i think if you're getting to, to the like third or fourth apology it's it's kind of like okay like i'm i'm i don't care like i mean it, if you had a friend that kept doing the same thing to you and then just kept saying, sorry, you don't believe that they're sorry, right? You don't be- you don't think that they're actually sorry. You just think that they don't care or that they're just trying to sweep it under the rug like, or dismiss it, right? Like, I, it's not, not really an apology after the you know, third or fourth time. Right. The words don't mean a thing. It's the action that means something. Yeah, and, like, I get it. Referees make mistakes. It's incredibly hard. Um, VAR people will make mistakes too because at the end of the day it's it is people there um they have video but like they still have to make the decisions and like i get that there's going to be mistakes but if if taylor twelman on on i think taylor twelman was calling that i think uh but if he he can be like yeah i just pulled up the replay and it's obviously a goal i think (laughs) that um they can do that as the video review uh, referees and we shouldn't need to rely on the commentator who's also commentating to to be able to make that call honestly so yeah, it's it's not good. And the the real issue here is that there's not accountability. Like, I mean, as far as we can tell, you know, we've had referees um, who they've apologized for, but then they're the full referee again for another match. And it's like, OK, but like, w- what are we doing to fix it? Like, again, like if it's your friend and they keep saying sorry, at some point you're gonna be like, OK, that's fine. But like, what are we doing so this doesn't happen again? Like, if the answer is. Uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. Like, no, that's not a, that's not acceptable. Exactly. What actionable steps are we going to take to help mitigate this? Yeah. So anyway, I was really frustrated about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Me it's, too. It's okay. It's a, it's a while, not a while ago, but it, it, it's enough time, but I'm still really frustrated about that. And we've, I think we've been disproportionately uh, affected by bad calls. I mean, even that one T.T. Rodriguez uh, penalty that they called on him for, oh, I guess, running. I don't ridiculous. I, I've never seen anything really like that. Um, I think that that one especially, like, to me, if, like, if I was a player and that, that that was happening, like, I'd be like, why am I playing here? Like, I can't even run. Like, I, like, what am I doing? That's where you just hang up your cleats and you just put your head in your hands and say, you know, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's just... It's very frustrating, but... Oh, man, Ken, I'm getting mad now just thinking about that again. Yeah, I saw the replay of it recently, so it came, it all came rushing back to me. <laughs> okay, we're not going to think about that right now. We got, we have to look forward. We do. We actually, so yeah, we, we, uh, we just uh, defeated Seattle. I think everyone thought that that was going to be a really, really hard game. And I think it was relatively even matched, but like, I think we, we were, you know one step ahead of them kind of in the whole game um a lot of seattle fans are actually saying you know uh ben olsen out coached our coach and all this stuff which uh, i've seen a few a uh, few uh tweets about it like ben you know, olsen watched the tapes and knew yeah, what to do yep yeah yeah so i i thought that that's interesting to see how the olsen out folks think about that but 
I mean, it kind of did seem like that. I think we were kind of looking like one step ahead. Like I said, I think physically, mentally, we kind of knew what was going on. Um, our press was really good. Um, and we looked like we wanted to be there, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I, I was really encouraged by that game. That's a, that's a pretty good team. That's a, they're a great team. And, you know, I started to get worried in the second half because they had us pinned back pretty well at first until that foul. Oh, man, I was getting nervous. I'm like, guys, don't get complacent. I know we're up. And Seattle just, they have a fantastic defense. We know that. And they were putting everything they had there. They were were coming after us <laughs> a little bit, and it was kind of like, oh, I got to look away because you kind of feel like you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we hung in there, and we actually got one back not too far after that. Uh, brilliant. I think he scored his second goal this year, or second goal for us at least. So that yeah, was really second cool. second one. I, was, uh, I, I really like him. I think he's uh, pretty cool. He's just you know, he's a wonderful guy, just a real gentleman. And every single interaction I've had with him, he's always so polite. He's so well-spoken. I know one of the reporters in the locker room even had asked him, hey, can I take a picture of you with the man of the match guitar? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. He was posing. He's like, how do you want me to, to pose here? He's just a good guy and very, very talented, very committed to his position on the defense. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think there were some questions about him last year, but this year, for the most part, I mean, he's been, you know, quite, quite good. Like, um, I, I might even have him as, you know, a top five center back in the league, to be honest. I mean, that's kind of how he's been playing. I love that he and Rooney made MLS Team of the Week this week. That made me so happy to see. Oh, yeah. Really well-deserved, because... I like to see players that are maybe a little bit more in the background, a little more humble and quiet, really show up and be recognized for the hard work they put in. Yeah, I think he's been on there a couple times this year. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I like that, too. So it's not just all the same guys, you know, um, they actually show some recognition of guys really, really working hard. It's great to see. And I loved on um, TC United social media where they showed all the players arriving in their vehicles. Oh yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was great. And you know, I loved, I loved Fred's vehicle. I'm like, you are all of us. What is it? The, the Chrysler SUV or whatever? The, the Pacifica. I'm like, oh, you yeah, know yeah. What? <laughs> I'm a parent too. And I've got my, my SUV and you know what? I have respect for that. I have so much respect. Yeah, you saw you saw Lucho with his fancy car, and then and then Fred with his yeah. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was really good. I mean, the social media has been kind of killing it recently. Um, yeah, seriously. Shout out to to our girl. Yeah, I think they've been doing a lot of stuff like things that are like different. You know, a lot of different like digital media things that. Um, yeah, like, I mean, what what really like on the mark? They're doing great. I think I shouted them out on Twitter too. Like. Um, I think we, we, I guess we didn't even realize like what, um, potentially the social media page could be until we started seeing some, some things that were different and like actually creative and not just like, oh, there's, you know, same old stuff, you know? Astasia, she's got such a great vision and a great drive. And I love that she's a team player and really 
letting other members of that digital media team kind of do their thing like Jack. Jack Hazard, the graphic designer who's doing all this incredible work and getting the most engaged posts just from things that are smart. Yeah, it's something like, yeah, it's something like they made like a feature length film, but like clever things and like um, original, you know, uh, digital media and stuff like that. They're, they're kind of crushing it. Yeah, I love it. So mad shout out. I mean, also, like, even the vibe on there has been a lot um, a lot different and a lot better. And I think that kind of uh, goes hand in hand with, like, the the players' vibes, you know, the, the atmosphere, like, within the fans. And um, now we're on a winning streak and a clean, out, uh, clean sheet streak. Uh, say that five times fast. Oh, I can't. Uh, I can't yeah. do it. But it's all kind of really coming together. And so I think this is really, honestly, the right time to start uh, peaking. Um, you see teams like LAFC and uh, Atlanta, honestly, really kind of not uh, sustaining their, their success. Very, very true. And you know what? I'll take any and all success that DC United can grab. Yeah, I, I'm just curious. I mean, if we, if we get a home game, um, I think, you know, we have a pretty good shot. I, I mean, in our conference, um, I don't think that there's anyone that is that much significantly better than us, right? So um, I'm not sure that a lot of these teams above us will even make it past the first round necessarily, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Revs, you know, they started out terrible, <laughs> but <laughs> they had they had some really good success. Uh, and and you know, they're, none of these teams are teams you would want to uh, face, honestly. So a lot, we're gonna see really. I really want to see DC United get back to that point that we were at last season where teams were afraid to play at Audi Field, where just the thought of coming to Audi Field and playing us at home just crushed their mentality so utterly and completely. I want to see us get back to that because that was just an incredible feeling. Every single home match, even maybe we didn't win beautifully but we came out there with that mentality hey this is our house we're gonna crush it that's it yeah we need to yeah I mean that's you know that's that's pretty critical and I think um with that atmosphere that we had from last year like that's gonna be extremely hard to play and to be honest I mean I could barely hear myself think that's how loud it really was and I wasn't even really in the supporter section so it was it was really rocking Oh, I wasn't either. And I had to put the noise canceling little headphone things on my son because it was just too loud. Couldn't even speak. Yeah, for sure. And I really want to have that experience again because um, the regular games usually don't get like that. I mean, obviously, but um, that stadium is so like intimate. And and so like I remember uh, so it gets like really loud. And I remember even um, last year when we had that playoff game, there were uh, people taking videos from like their apartments that were like you know not not that far away but like they could hear us chanting inside their apartment um, it was really funny so yeah I mean that's intimidating as anything that's amazing and the best thing every single person in that stadium was chanting yeah yeah it was something something different that I I mean I have that's that's probably the loudest DC game I've ever been at like regardless of where or when or what was going on so yeah 
But we should probably talk about a different incident that happened after the Seattle game. Um, there was suppo- a good incident during the game. So, no, they flew the United Front banner, which was incredible. We could see it from the press box. And then they also flew a really great Iron Front flag that was made by one of our DCU supporters. And his name is Douglas, and he's fantastic. And you know what? Security didn't come. They didn't take those banner, the banner and the flag away. They let them fly. To me, that was a really positive message. And I yeah. give the props to DC United for that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was kind of unique. Um, and yeah, like you said, no one confiscated anything. It wasn't really made a big deal about by anyone, but it was definitely front and center. Um, so yeah, I think it was well put on by the DCU supporters and kind of well respected and boundaries were respected by the, the I guess, the security people and the, the front office and everything. And you kind of saw it uh, not really have any issues and there was nothing um, you know, that happened during the game or anything. So, I mean, I thought it was well executed. No, absolutely. It was, it was nice to see that no one got banned, no one had any trouble. And I know I had talked to a few people prior to that match and they were like, well, we're willing to accept, you know, a ban if we have to. It's just something that needs to get done. I am. I'm not terribly surprised that no one got banned. I'm kind of surprised they didn't try to confiscate the 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 flags. Um, I'm not I'm very curious about, like, what does this mean? Like, you know, like because we've seen almost at every other stadium they've been confiscated and there's been issues and bannings and all this other stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious what that means. There's a policy change that hasn't been communicated yet or that uh, the DCU front office, um, you know, is, is kind of just going to stay out of it. Um, you know, I don't know. And it's interesting. So this also comes on the heels of a meeting between the ISC and MLS about this subject. So I'm wondering, same as you are, if maybe there's something that just hasn't been communicated yet. Yeah, I'm wondering if the league is is now going to see try to like let it play out and, and see kind of what happens instead of trying to just to shut it down. Because I think right now the the outcomes that they want um, they are not achieving by shutting it down. To be honest, um, I think that they're causing more problems for themselves. Um, based on things like theoretical potential issues, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, which are not unreasonable things to consider, but maybe um, those things would be better achieved by letting these just go and be fine and they're there and then the fans leave and it's fine. Like there's, it's just a message that they want to get out and I think it's reasonable and yeah, like nothing's nothing happened and, and it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that also kind of calls to point that, you know, most people attending these matches are adults and are capable of rational behavior. And I say most people because I know we have something else we definitely are going to talk about. Yeah, so an incident was reported, I think, around an hour after the game let out um, on the game uh, on game day that apparently 
a group of supporters or a single person was attacked by a supporter group, um, a DC United supporters group, um, not directly by the stadium, but a few blocks away, if I if I understand correctly. Um, so yeah, I uh, I saw that the the club did release a statement on it. Um, there's definitely what we know now is that someone definitely was in the hospital and someone was definitely injured. We don't necessarily know how or who or what um, happened. Um, so that's so it's not necessarily useful to condemn or um, too much anyway. But but yeah. So but yeah. What are your thoughts on this? So of course. I never want to see anyone be injured. I never want to see anyone get hurt in any sort of situation surrounding a match. It's not what this is about. And I also feel that there is a level of self-accountability that we need to take when we're going to matches. Like, you're an adult. We learned as children. You do not hurt people, you don't belittle them, you don't treat them poorly, and you especially don't assault them based on the clothes they're wearing. So if this attack, and it's kind of, it's been coming out on Twitter that it was a woman that ended up being sent to the hospital. If this attack happened the way it's being portrayed, I mean, I really hope that whoever's responsible is prosecuted. Assault is never okay (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. But I just hope it gives everyone pause to kind of think about, hey, you know, we're out here to support our team and not to fight with each other. We're all adults. We don't do this. (laughs) And my other kind of issue, and I experienced some of this yesterday on Twitter, is that this did happen outside the stadium. This did happen after the conclusion of the match when supporters had already left, the men on the field had absolutely nothing to do with this. And a lot of people are blaming DC United, blaming the front office, blaming whoever. They're coming after journalists. (laughs) I put up my match report on Twitter and I immediately had someone saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't be celebrating. Someone got sent to the hospital. It's like, It's a very interesting way to vent out anger, but you need to look at the responsible parties and let the investigation go. And of course, we all know it's not acceptable behavior. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, I mean, it's also hard because we don't know exactly what happened. And and so there's not necessarily any point of being like, uh, these are the people responsible, definitely 100%. um, Right, you can't say it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think what what DCU uh, has done right is they put up a statement, they're investigating with the police, um, and that's what they're responsible for doing. Um, and so they are doing that. So, yeah, I mean, I I was very quick to, to apologize to the supporters of um, Seattle. I mean, I, obviously I wasn't involved, I wasn't there, but um, just as another fan of DC United, I don't want our reputation to be this. And I think beyond the obvious fact that it's awful to hurt people. Um, I think supporters or supporters groups that are engaging in this behavior are not supporters. They are doing damage to the club. They're doing damage to the community and they're doing damage to other MLS fans. Um, And I know that our front office isn't going to tolerate that. And so 
yeah, I mean, we should not get the reputation that currently a lot of other, not a lot, but some of the other uh, clubs have with with away fans. And that I know our fans have experienced some similar things at other places, and we don't like it, obviously, because it's, I mean, it's illegal, first of all, but also, like, it sucks, and it's terrible, and you shouldn't do that to other people. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't know. It's, it's toxic. We don't need this. No, 100%. And the experience we want to have when we are the away fans should be the experience that we strive to have for folks coming to Audi Field. Yeah, and I think, like, not even necessarily related to this directly, but I think we should all want all the teams in MLS and all their supporters and everything to do well. Um, I mean, first of all, because it's the first division of soccer, and if most of us who who are going to these games or care about these teams are relatively invested in American soccer in some way. I mean, if it's for the national team, if it's for the MLS club, if it's for the league, if it's for soccer here in any way, we should want the league to do well. We should want everyone to do well. So like, this is really only hurting our club and the league and like, which in turn hurts us even more because we're a single entity anyway. So, you know, yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think people forget that quite frequently, too. Yeah, I mean, it's important that all of the franchises do well for the league. And you can complain about it being single entity. You can talk about promotion relegation, but it's not the fact right now. We have a single entity with franchises. And if you care about MLS doing well, that's the fact. You should want all the franchises to do well. No, I 100% agree with you, Ken. And it is unfortunate, and I hope that whoever was injured comes out of it quickly with no lasting effects. Yeah, and I think I think what's also important is that they find out the truth of what happened. Um, I'm sure that there's cameras or something. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just this is not what our community sh- should be known for. And I think, you know, when I go to another stadium, I don't. I don't feel scared to wear my jersey or chant DC United things that are, you know, nice, obviously, but like, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't feel that and neither should anyone who comes here, especially with a a club like Seattle of all clubs that we've not really had any issues with, like, the game wasn't dirty, like, no one, none of those supporters were doing anything to us, chanting anything rude as far as I know. And we won. And we won. won. Yeah, exactly. Like... (laughs) What more do you want, folks? What more do yeah. you want? It's just very, it's very odd because of the opponent and like, I don't know. You shouldn't do this to anyone, but like Seattle of all people, like, I, yeah. it's they're the farthest you can possibly be away from us. Why are you antagonizing them? They really have such a lovely fan base too. Oh yeah, totally. Definitely, like in terms of size, one of the bigger ones. And um, from everything that I've heard, and you know, just from my perspective. I've never heard any issues uh, with them or like them doing anything. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just want our community and our city and our franchise to be known for being welcoming, safe, especially safe. And, uh, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. So, fingers crossed this situation comes to a quick resolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll figure out everything and... Um, yeah, I think it's important that we get the facts and then we can go from there. But yeah, 
I don't know. Let's talk uh, about, I guess, maybe a, a better subject, <laughs> the Red Bulls game this Sunday. And yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm going to be there. Uh, and I think a lot of our supporters will be too. It's very, it's interesting because I know that the Red Bulls right now are in DC hate week coming up to our match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our social media manager over at MLS Female is also the New York Red Bulls beat reporter. So she made sure to um, give that a shout in her most recent article. But I know they're getting ready for us. What is your outlook on that match, Ken? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they're not doing that well this season. Um, They did just beat Philly at home, so they have that that confidence. Uh, But honestly, like... You know, they they're not doing that well. They are doing a little bit better than uh, us at home. So their home form is not uh, terrible. So that's the one thing that's a tad concerning. Um, But, you know, we lost to them this year. I think we're going to want revenge for that. Um, And I think we're on a good run of form. So I think we have the confidence. And I I, I truly do believe that we're going to take this one away. Oh, I hope so. And our road form has been spectacular. And I think coming off this win, too, we're going to be in a great mental mental space to go up there and get the work done. Yeah, the the only, not disagreement, but, like, the only caveat is that it is a rivalry game. And, you know, we did have that Rooney red card, and the game was relatively heated. So I a lot of these things kind of go out the window. Um, even when I was saying, like, uh, their home form is good, like, I don't know how much that matters considering how the rivalry is. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Oh, you're, you're going to have to take a lot of pictures. And I want to hear your cheers for DC down here in the district. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to try to find one of the tailgates up there. I know the area pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I'll be out there. You know, hit me up on Twitter if, you know, you want to hang out and I'll let you know. If I'm at a tailgate or at a bar or whatever happens, um, yeah. It's going to be amazing. And then we bring it back home for FC Cincinnati. Yeah, we better win that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, though, it's it's MLS. It's MLS, Ken. Anything can happen. I hope that anything is that we put it away and win big time. But if we lose to FC Cincinnati, we don't deserve anything. Are you going on record with that one, Ken? I mean, if we lose to FC Cincinnati, we are not going to win MLS Cup. Come on now. Like, <laughs> how are we going to lose to the, like one of the historically worst teams? Not the worst, but I think in terms of maybe goal differential, I think they might be right now. They're minus 44. Like, we should be able to score a decent amount of goals on them. <laughs> like, they have six wins. Um, yeah, like, they look terrible. Oh, I'm ready for that match. And then I'm really ready to see if we get this home playoff match. Yeah, and I've also seen like a bunch of the FC Cincinnati players like on social media pretty much literally like say like I'm ready to say bye to Cincinnati. Like, Ooh. Yeah. So, Ouch. I mean, it just doesn't seem well run. I mean, it, it's very odd because, you know, they come in, they come into the league uh, with a coach from the USL days. Fine. They fire him not too long into the season. Um, they have a temporary coach, then they hire another coach. 
seems weird that they didn't just do that in the beginning um, because that's when they were building the team, <laughs> which you really want a long-term coach to be there for. So I think they have a lot of roster issues and a lot of uh, organizational issues, I guess I'd say. Maybe these are their ways of fixing it, but it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Oh, my goodness. That's really sad to hear because it's exciting to see MLS expanding. However, when you have these kind of internal issues going on with teams and especially when the players are that dissatisfied, that just makes me sad. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, it is an expansion team, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. It sucks because of how many fans they have and how much they... Honestly, if they just kept the USL team, I think they would have been doing better, to be honest. Um, <laughs> to be quite honest. And But, you know, I I, yeah, I, I feel bad for their fans as well because they all want to go back to USL. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. That's oh, that makes me so sad. Well, FC Cincinnati, hopefully next season will be better for you and things will get straightened out. Yeah, and so, yeah, we play them. We hopefully have a few playoff games and then maybe an MLS Cup run. I'm looking at the Western Conference right now, and, I mean, obviously LAFC uh, is really, really, really good. Um, they've been kind of out of form uh, recently. but Three I mean, draws in a row. Yeah, it's kind of weird for how good they are, but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, even looking at the the standings here, no one else really stands out as that good. Um, if you look at the points, uh, it's not directly comparable, obviously, because of um, you know they they play more of their own conference. Uh, but uh, the second place team is the Seattle Sounders, and we just beat them, and they have 50 points. And you know, if they were in our conference, 50 points would get them the fourth spot, not the second. So, you know, I think there was a lot of talk about the Western Conference being uh, a lot better this year, but I don't know. It's, it seems like that might not be the, you know, uh, the actual the actual truth. You know, and the season is long. Burnout happens. People get tired. Injuries happen. Kind of my only wish for playoffs is that we don't have to face down LAFC. I think we could do it with without a doubt, but I just kind of hope that that doesn't come to pass. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see uh, LAFC and LA Galaxy face off in the playoffs because there's that, uh, you know, LA, LA Galaxy and LAFC, that rivalry. And, yeah. Yeah. And, they, you know, LAFC struggles pretty hard against LA Galaxy so far anyway. And so that that would be really, really interesting. Because uh, I could definitely see LA Galaxy taking them out of the out of the playoffs, to be honest. And you know what? I would be okay with that. That would be good. I know that my colleague Araceli is going to get mad at me, but I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't like either of them. So, I <laughs> I mean, I actually I enjoy watching LAFC. I think they're really fun to watch. But, yeah, not really too particularly fond of them. But I just don't want to play against them. And I would no, love exactly. to see Quincy up against Slayton again. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty epic. Uh, but it's also possible that, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. Like, the the Galaxy could, I mean, honestly, all these teams could fall out of the playoff. 
uh, race except for LAFC because the gap between second and eighth right now is only six points. So, yeah, like it, it could be possible that we see um, a little bit different uh, than what we see right now because no one's yeah cl- clinched playoffs. So. Did you see there was a really great little video with all the cars at the four-way intersection? And they had, like, the Western Conference uh, team crests on them. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's funny. That was pretty great. It's true, though. Yeah, I I think even some of the the talk was about how Seattle needed those points to, like, really solidify their stuff. But, I mean, they definitely came to try to win that game. And it was really nice that we were able to get our points and not have them, you know, really beat us at home. That was very good. But yeah, so I think we're good for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about? Um, Just keep your eyes on my social media. <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice, friends, from all the yelling I've been doing for DC United. But keep your eyes on my social media at Sarah Colassi on Twitter or the same on Instagram. I have some fun projects in the works. Can't really talk about them publicly yet but keep your eyes right there and also keep an eye on mls female for all your fresh features all your playoff news and ken thanks again for having me on i missed you man yeah totally i've been kind of away for a little bit and and dealing with some stuff but yeah i mean it's great to do this again i kind of (laughs) forgot you know how fun it was to actually be able to talk about dc united (laughs) and 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 also talk about them in a in a positive way that's yes. Nice. That's Isn't very that nice. Best feeling ever. The the last thing I wanted to mention real quick is you mentioned <laughs> that you were getting some retweets and some hate on your uh your your post for the post match, but I think you need to tell everyone what the the name <laughs> of this the this person was. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting name. I had to uh to read it twice. Someone named Tony Stank. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's great. Tony, if you're listening, you know, you're telling me a woman was hurt in this incident and you just went after an outlet full of female journalists. So thanks, man. Very cool. Much love to you. Thank you for retweeting my article, though. I appreciate it. Yeah. Th- thanks, Mr. Stank. Um, <laughs> it was uh, very entertaining reading reading that. Yeah, I did a double take as well when I saw it. I'm like, Tony Stank? What what the, the hell is that? <laughs> but yeah, all right. Uh, cool. So let's wrap up for this week. We'll be back soon. Um, yeah, peace. <laughs>